0: If you have your Bibles, I don't care if it's digital, if, if it's paper, if it's papyrus, pick it up and, and turn to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings, old te- great Old Testament book, 2 Kings chapter 13. While you're turning there, some of you that are perhaps here for the first time, you need to know just a little bit of the backstory. For uh, several months now, we have been in the books of 1st and 2nd Kings, which is really just saturated with history, and we have been looking specifically at the lives, the ministries, and to some degree the miracles of two men with similar sounding names, they both knew each other, traveled together, one preceded the other and one was his successor, two men named Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was the first one, Elisha was the second one, and these two men were powerfully used of God. They were what we would call prophets. They were spokesmen for God that, would, that were used by God to call a people, in this case a nation, the Jewish people, back into the worship of the one true God. They'd really gotten off and and we're worshiping false gods, and 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 instead of influencing the world around them, they were influenced by the world. I mean, that's the big challenge, right? That always has been, still is, by the way, uh, that we can either influence the world around us for Christ, or we can be influenced by our world and diminish in our walk with Christ, even walk away from our relationship with Christ. Well. That's these two men, Elijah and Elisha, and we have seen these men who were powerfully used of God in their time, and, 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 and just because it was a long time ago, and, and I've emphasized this each week, just because it was a long time ago, the, the reason that their stories are recorded is that their stories can be our story, that what, the ways in which God used them, God can use us today. Glory to God. Some of you have been praying for some miracles of provision and of protection and of direction like these men experienced. And some of you have experienced some of those miracles, and you've seen how God has worked in your lives and in your families. I don't know who it is, but somebody, I still don't know, but somebody each week keeps on Monday or Tuesday, afterwards, they keep putting these bumper stickers on under my door, in my office. I don't know who you are, but but you take something from the message, you make these very nice-looking bumper stickers that I really can't put on my, my my pickup, because out of context, people would just look at me and wonder, the guy's lost it. But here's, this was, um, Bald Head Says the Bears Are Coming, remember that, that one? Um, uh, first pour is hardest, just pour, fill the jars, right? Remember that? That miracle um, this one I think was uh, need a miracle. Do the humble again if you put that on there. But but we were talking about different things. So I don't know I don't know who you are. I don't know I I don't I don't I don't know how you do it. But um, um, uh, keep it up. You got one more shot this week. This is the last one. Slip it under my door. <laughs> We've got cameras positioned and we're going to record who you are. We're going to find out. I don't know who you are. I really don't. 2 Kings, you have it before you, 2 Kings chapter 13, the first five words, just five words of verse 20 read this way, Elisha died and was buried. That's it. Stop there. Elisha died and was buried. Seems kind of a simple ending for so great a man. Elisha died and was buried. Now his exit, Elisha's exit from this world, was not so dramatic as his predecessor Elijah. Remember, remember how Elijah, the first guy, remember how he left the world? Elijah, the Bible tells us some chapters before this, Elijah, we're told, was carried away by a whirlwind, and he, he knew it was gonna happen because he said, Watch me. <laughs> and 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 Elisha, the younger guy, was with him, and, and this whirlwind came along and physically carried him away into heaven, and it was accompanied by a a flaming chariot. Now I can't even I can't even really begin to imagine how that must have looked. But man, what a way to go. What a way to go. That's quite an exit. Now, there weren't newspapers then, but had there been newspapers in that day, Elijah, the, the, the earlier man, Elijah's exit would have made the first page, would have made the front page with bold lettered headlines like this, Fiery prophet flies away with fiery chariot. Wouldn't that be a good headline? I mean, because it, it, it was that impressive, it was that unique, that it would have it made front page, fiery prophet flies away with fiery chariot. But Elisha, right, that we just read, his exit, <laughs> his exit would have been a, a page 10 death notice. <laughs> Elijah died. Funeral Thursday, burial following. That's about it. Oh, okay, maybe, you know, luncheon served in the synagogue fellowship hall, kosher meal, everyone invited. I, just something simple. But the contrast is great. Elijah had such an amazing ministry and an amazing exit. Elisha died and was buried. End of story. Not quite. Because God was not done with Elisha. (laughs) Let's read on. Verse 20 continues. Now, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. These were non-Jewish people. And it says, Once while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of Moabite raiders... So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. Now, stop there. Again, I want you to use that wonderful imagination that God gave you. You have here two bodies and one grave. And it says here that when the men who were carrying, it probably wasn't as nice of a casket, if a casket at all, probably just had him wrapped up in something, and they're carrying him to the grave. When the men carrying the body to the grave saw these Moabite raiders, it says they threw, that's the word used there, right? They threw the body into an occupied grave, and then they ran. Now, now I get that, right? I, I understand this. You, you do not, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're carrying a body, and you see somebody who could threaten your life. It, it, one dead body is suddenly very unimportant if you're about to become one. So, it, uh, again, it says they, they took him and they, they threw the body. Picture this in your minds. They, I don't know, they maybe got him on a sheet or some kind of a, a, a little carrying device. And they take him and they see them, and they take him, and they throw him. If you read it carefully, you can almost hear the thud as he lands in the corner of the grave. (laughs) On someone else's bones. that's, That's the key part, right? On someone else's bones. The bones of Elisha. Verse 21. Now, verse 21 is key. Look, it says, when the body... Touched Elisha's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. <laughs> it's, it's, it says that's it, scripture. Read it again. When the body touched, when, when the body touched Elisha, when it touched his bones, the man came to life and he stood up on his feet. It says the corpse touched. Elisha's bones and when that happened the body came alive in a moment in a moment as it says as he touched it in a in a in a moment as long as it takes to touch something in a moment the man's heart began pumping in a moment his his lungs began inflating his his gray in a moment his his gray skin filled with color his eyes blinked. <laughs> Rigor mortis, if it had set in, set out, and he stood up on his feet. <laughs> Can you picture this? He's half in and half out of the grave, blinking like that. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something to see? You know, people say, you know, the Bible is just so boring Don't believe it. I mean, there are some parts that are not as interesting as others, but I love this brief story. It's here for a reason. We'll get to that. But here's this amazing brief story, final mention of Elisha. I sometimes write poetry. Years ago, just in my devotions, I was reading through this and I... I tend a poem indulge me as i read it it's mercifully brief long ago before our time in the land of israelites there lived a group of very bad men they called them moabites a shifty lot of bullies they would often raid the land its precious wealth carried away by this marauding band one day some israelite men came to bury their friend to put him in the ground and declare his final end. Halfway through the funeral, they beheld an awful sight, a group of fearsome raiders who looked to be Moabite. With little hesitation, they declared the funeral complete through their friend in another man's grave and then took to their feet. The dead man's body fell in the grave occupied. Then something strange began to happen. The man's eyes opened wide. His blood began to circulate, his heart began to pound, strength came quickly to his limbs and he got up off the ground. He looked around and he saw his friends running from the grave, fleeing from the Moabites, their lives intent to save. He opened his mouth, he filled his lungs and shouted, hey, come here. They looked around and saw their friend and shifted to high gear (laughs) and they're running hard. That's kind of what happened, though. And and it happened so fast. The day started out one way, but it ended a different way for this man. Now, now you have to understand, all that remained of Elisha was his bones. So we can surmise it had been some weeks, months, maybe even a longer period of time. All all that was left was his bones. But what an amazing P.S. to his life. This man who had been so miraculously used by God in life was used one more time after his death. I like this brief story. I, I, I like this brief story recorded here in 2 Kings chapter 13. Not just because it's dramatic, not just because it's unusual or even just a little bit funny. I like it because it began with a funeral and ended with life. I like that. It began with a funeral. We don't know what killed the guy, but he died. <laughs> it began with a funeral and it ended with life. Now, I'm going to give you a warning. Please hear me on this. I give you warning. Our, our, uh, it's very important that I say this. Um, uh, this, is, this is not a pattern, Right? It, it, this this is not a pattern. You do, you don't see this kind of thing happening often. Uh, it, so there, therefore, please, if someone dies, do not drag them out to the graveyard and start throwing their body against gravestones. Don't do that. Uh, d- don't do that. You 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 will get arrested. I will come and visit you in the jail. But don't do that. This is not a pattern. But but it's recorded here for a reason. There, there's a purpose for this, right? Everything recorded in Scripture is there for a purpose, none of it by accident. In this final part of Elisha's story, I want you to see this one thing. When someone dead connected with God's power on someone else, they became alive. That's very important. That's the the essence of this brief story. When someone dead connected with God's power who was on someone else, they became alive alive you have to understand it wasn't elisha that really made the difference he was dead he wasn't aware he didn't care all that were left was his bones but for some reason god desired to show every person who followed this including us that god can even use a person god's power was on someone in such a way that he wanted to demonstrate that even when god's power is on dead bones when broken and hurting people come into contact with someone who has the power of God upon them, they can come away with life. When someone dead connected with God's power on someone else, they became alive. Now, I I mentioned a moment ago that this is not a pattern, but in a sense it is a pattern. Now, you won't see this lived out again where, you know, somebody took a body and threw it against another body, and a dead, a, a, a dead body, threw it against another dead body. You won't see that again in Scripture, but you do see something very, very similar. Another true and, again, similar story is in the New Testament in the book of Acts chapter three, and, and that happened shortly after Jesus ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. Peter and John. Peter and John were two of Jesus' followers, two of his disciples. And it says in Acts chapter 3 that they were walking along a street one day. These two men who were followers of Jesus Christ and persons filled with the Holy Spirit of Christ were walking near the temple and they saw a crippled man who was begging from the passing crowd. When the man, when the beggar asked them, Peter and John, for money, Peter looked at the man and he said, This, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And the Bible says, That man also stood up and began walking. What a! We sang it earlier, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Again, Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The man stood up and began walking. Peter and John had nothing in themselves. They had nothing in themselves. Right? You ever, you ever been in a place where somebody asks you for something and, and, and they have a legitimate need, and you say, I can't help you. I don't have the answer that you that you ask. I don't have what you require. I think Peter felt that way. John felt that way a little bit that day. What you're asking for, we don't have. But what they did have, they had nothing in themselves. But they did have God's power upon them because Christ's spirit was within them. And that story from Acts chapter 3 began with a crippled man asking people for something, but it ended with a walking man telling people about God. I love that kind of a story. Right When the man woke up that day, it was just like another day. Go down to the, the street by the temple where there are lots of people. Ask people for money. But it ended with him not asking for something, but telling people about the living Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that kind of a story. It's very similar. Right, It ended differently than it began. In Luke chapter 8, a woman who had been sick for, for 12 years, that's a long time to be sick, a woman, sick for 12 years, pushed through a crowd to connect with Jesus. She thought to herself, if I just touch him, if all I do is touch him, he's, he's a busy man, he's, he's an important person, but if, if all I can do is just get through the crowd and just touch him, then I will be cured. She thought that in her mind, and it was a demonstration of faith. The Bible says she did push through the crowd, and when the ends of her fingers Touched the ends of his clothing, it marked the end of her illness. I love that. It wasn't Jesus' clothing on him. It wasn't like they they cut pieces off, passed it around. It wasn't Jesus' clothing on him, but God's power within him that changed a life. Jesus, in fact, said, I felt the power go out of me. the power of God, the presence of God. He's Jesus. He is God. You see, that story began with a woman who was slowly dying, but it ended with her body and her spirit alive. Throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, when dead people connected with God's power on someone else, they became alive. I just cited three examples, but there are many more And you have to understand there's nothing special about old bones. (laughs) There's nothing special about disciples on a street or, or the clothing that Jesus wore. It was God's power on them that made the difference. See, here's the thing. Oh, the faces and the names and the situations and the backstory, it all changes, but there are still people who are who are spiritually dead, there are still people, and you know this, who are spiritually broken, who when they get up in the morning, and some even don't know that they're spiritually dead, and many don't know that they're spiritually broken. They just think that they're a hunk of flesh going through life and making the best of it while they can. But there are people who are going through life and they wake up every day in brokenness and in spiritual death, and they don't even know it. There are people that we encounter all the time. There are people that you encounter all the time. There are people that you're going to see today. There are people that you're going you're to be just down the, 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 the room from or the, the office from or the classroom from tomorrow. You're going to sit across the table from someone. You're going to sit across a workbench from someone. You're going you're gonna to brush past them, and you're going to encounter people who are absolutely broken and spiritually dead. Why? Because outside of Jesus, everyone is spiritually dead. Pastor Ben and Luke, his five-year-old, soon-to-be five-year-old son, came into my office this morning. And uh, he does it every day, just make sure everything is going, and, 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 and because I give candy to Luke. That's why. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. And we were talking, and uh, we got on a little subject for just a few minutes there. And, and Ben said, he said, he said Luke, my five-year-old, he said, Luke sees, he says, he says, he, says, he's, he, he sees two kinds of people. He says, they're, they're, they're either good because they know Jesus or they're bad because they don't yet know Jesus. He says, they either know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. He says, he sees everybody. Do you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus? And you know what? That's pretty good theology. You know, you know what? You know what we need to do. We need to look at people and say, do they know Jesus or don't they know Jesus? I I want to be careful here that I don't. I get I get so tired of the labels that we put on different people. Are you this or are you that? Listen, it comes right down to one thing. Do you know Jesus or don't you know Jesus? Uh, It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It it, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter who you voted for in the last election or who you're going to vote for in the next election. Well, those things, they have purpose and they have matter, but really when it comes right down to it, there's only one thing that's important, and that is do you know him or don't you know him? doesn't matter how mu- much you've done or how much you've accomplished or how bad you've been or how long you've done it. What matters is, do you know him? Are you spiritually alive or spiritually dead? We encounter people all the time. You encounter people all the time, every day. Sometimes you live with people and you can identify they're spiritually alive or they're spiritually dead. Uh, please understand, I... I, I I don't mean to sound condescending or that, that's not my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that outside of Jesus Christ, if you don't know him, you're spiritually dead. But the good news is we can become spiritually alive through Jesus Christ. So the big question, the big question, and maybe the hard question for us here today is this. What happens when spiritually broken or dead people connect with you? What happens when spiritually broken or dead people connect with you? <laughs> when, someone, when someone is thrown against you, what do they come away with? When someone brushes past you, they encounter you, they befriend you, you work together, you study together, you live near each other. When people come against you, when people brush against you, are thrown against you, what happens? What do you do when someone asks you for something that you cannot give i can't help you or do you look at them with eyes that don't immediately go to all of the other labels that we can put on people but we look at them and we say like a little five-year-old boy simple faith do you know jesus or don't you know jesus when they encounter you, when they spend some time with you, when they go on a road trip with you, when they go on a business trip with you, when you talk over the fence or talk over the cup of coffee or over lunch or over the partition between your desk and theirs, what do they come away with? Wow, there's something different about that person. I, I don't know what it is, but when I'm, when I'm near them, there's something good. You know, I've, I've talked with people who, some of you actually right here, and you, you, you encounter people who, who had faith in Jesus Christ, and you didn't know what it was about them, but you knew that there was something different. Do you know what this world is looking for? Hope. Hope. Peace. Forgiveness. Even if they don't put it in those terms, they're looking for those things. And when they encounter someone who's living in that, they go, I don't know what that is, but I like it. Now, sadly, I've also known some people who profess faith in Christ, and maybe in fact do have faith in Christ, but when people come up against them, Brush against them or thrown against them, the response is not one of life, but one of something less than that. What happens when spiritually broken or dead people connect with you? Do do you give them the hope that you profess? (coughs) Excuse me. Do you give them the, the message that can save them for eternity? you've heard me say throughout this series of messages as we've been looking here, and a long ago couple of people, you've heard me say throughout this series of messages that when I read God's Word, I no longer say, I really, a long time ago, stopped saying, oh, great story. Now, when I read it, I say, oh, God, do it again. Because that's why it's there. It's not a matter just, just of history. It is history, but it's more than just an accounting. I say, God, do it again. Because there are dead people everywhere we go. There are dead people everywhere we go. Not, oh, they're, they're still animated, they're still walking around and breathing and fogging a mirror. They're, do, they're doing all of that, but, but spiritually, if you could see them through spiritual eyes, they, they would be dead and broken. There are dead people everywhere we go, spiritually dead people that others have thrown away, <coughs> that others have discarded, that others have given up on and headed for the hills trying to save their own skin. There are other people that you encounter all the time that have that have just been abandoned. There are people that Satan has damaged and has thrown aside. And there's no, we don't, the background, whatever led up to it can be many, many things, but Everywhere we go, my wife and I were talking just a few days ago. I said, it seems like there's so much brokenness in our world. There is. So many hurting people. So many lost people. It seems almost overwhelming at times. Yet the thing that keeps me going, and I trust the thing that keeps you going, is we have the message. We have the cure. His name is Jesus. Jesus, what a wonderful name it is. We have the power and the presence of God dwelling within us. If God has given you his spirit, (coughs) if God has given you his spirit, and how does his spirit come? His spirit begins to dwell within us when we surrender our lives to him. We can also be filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit when we are baptized in the Spirit. When you gave your life to Jesus, His presence began to dwell within you. It says in the Bible that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is just just dirt. But His presence lives within us. And while we have life and breath, God can use us as we touch other people. In his name. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said to his followers and to us, you are the light of the world. In so many words, he said, this, this world is full of darkness, but I've given you a message. You are the light of the world. You see, we are change agents. We come in. And not because of us, folks. There's nothing in me. There's nothing in you, in ourselves. There's nothing. There's less than nothing. But when Jesus Christ dwells within us, we have everything. When there's darkness, we can bring light. When there's brokenness, we can bring healing. When there's death, we can bring life, the life of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful you know Jesus. Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you've never surrendered your life to him, glory to God today can be the day that you go from darkness to light yourself. Hallelujah. But if you know him, if you know Jesus, there are people you know who are dead until they too meet the living Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I look at this story, this brief story, this final entry of Elisha. It's not not in this Bible, but in another Bible I have written on the margin if God can use old bones, he can use me. If God can use old bones, dry and dusty, bring life to another person, then how much more so can he use you and me to take the life-transforming message of Jesus Christ to people who are absolutely and profoundly lost without him? Now get ready. Because in just a moment, as I've done other times, I'm going to commission you. <laughs> You've heard this message. It's a dangerous message because you're going to be responsible for it now. You know more now than you did perhaps before. So I'm going to commission you. But before we do that, I want to give perhaps even just one person here today an opportunity to go from darkness to light. So how does that happen? not 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 this way not now because Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead to give us eternal life so that all we need to do now it's 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 not it's not elementary it's profound but it's easy to understand all we do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We ask him to come into our hearts, forgive our sins, and become our Lord and Savior. And he does it. And we go from darkness to light, from death to life, from brokenness to healing. And he does that because he did all the work on the cross. Before we go any further, would you please bow your heads with me? If there is anyone here today if there is anyone here today who, has, um, who wants to begin that walk with Jesus Christ, doesn't matter who you are, how long you've been here, doesn't matter any of those other things, like a little boy, do you know Jesus or don't you? If that's you and you want to begin to follow Jesus, and surrender your life and your heart and all of your past and all of your sin to him if that's you would you do two things first of all just lift your hand and then lift up your eyes and catch my eye and I want to pray with you is there anyone here today who would say yeah that's me is there anyone here today it's very important that I give you this opportunity it's a holy moment folks This is this is darkness to light is there anyone here? I'm going to give this opportunity again, and I need you to bring broken people here, but you don't even need to wait for them. You can do it, you can give it to them. But is there anyone else here today and say, Yeah, that's me? I want to pray with your pastor. here's what I'd like us to do. If you're physically able, would everyone here this morning stand with me? We're going to close in prayer, but we're going to close with a, a commissioning. Because no one raised their hands today, I'm going to make the assumption that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And because you know Him, you have the answer to the brokenness and the death that is overwhelmingly prevalent in our world we see the effects of it every time we hear a scrap of news so if you know Jesus then you have the presence of Jesus Christ within you by his Holy Spirit and you're going to get people thrown against you in the coming- I'm, I'm telling you so you're going to brush past people this week they're going to brush by you and you're going to have the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. People are going to get thrown against you or you're going to get thrown against them. And you're going to say, how did this happen? And it's going to be an opportunity for you to share. Somebody's going to reach out to you because there's something about you. They don't know everything about you, but they notice there's something and they're going to reach out to you. And... and, and, and that one simple touch is, is, is going to be a the beginning of a lifetime of fo- and, and an eternity of following Jesus. So that's you, right? You either know him or we don't. And if we do know him, then we need to get the word out to those who don't. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd just like you to put your hands out like this and I'm going to pray for you. Lord, with, with, with our hands out in a, in a, in a place of, of receiving and <clears throat> commissioning, Lord, I, I ask that today you would, uh, in, in a greater way than perhaps ever before, the people would walk out of this place knowing that I am a recipient of the grace of God. I have experienced new life in you, and therefore I am commissioned to, to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the broken and spiritually dead people around me. In the time that I have, in the opportunities that are, are given me and sometimes even forced upon me, may I, when 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 others touch me, when I touch others, may there be something supernatural that happens not because of us, but because of you in us. I pray this for every person who desires it today. Use them for your glory. Use them to bring healing to this broken world, to bring life to dead people. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And now, Lord, as we leave this place, as we fellowship together, as we just engage each other in, 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 uh, in relationship. I pray that you would bless us, that you will use us. I pray, Lord, for the school year that is, has begun and is beginning for others. I pray that you will use them in those classrooms, in, in those hallways, in those gymnasiums, in those homes. I pray in those places of business. I, I commit them to you use them for your glory. We thank you, Lord. Give ourselves to you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Go in the power and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you.